Welcome to the Heroic Soul Podcast. I am your host, Camille Joyce, founder of the Heroic Soul. I believe that when we are willing to commit to ourselves and discover the deepest part of who we are, we can become our own hero. As we do this, we then have the ability to love ourselves and extend that love to our neighbors, ultimately creating a better world. I am excited to share more with you and hope you enjoy today's message. Today, you will have the privilege of hearing from podcast host and business coach Olivia Powell. Olivia was on my show in 2019 when I originally aired the interview. I am re-airing our conversation for the purpose of this episode. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Olivia. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for the gift of your time and being a guest on my show today. I am very excited for what you have to share with us on the topic of finding your passion and how this can empower people to living their lives more fulfilled. Um, and uh, as we begin, I would just like for you to share with us your life coaching journey and what has led you to becoming a business coach today. Yeah, so it's a bit of a story, so I'll try and keep it short. <laughs> um, so long story short, for people who don't know me, I'm 29 years old and I live in Australia, um, two hours from Sydney in Newcastle. And so I have always been a nurse and midwife. So since I left high school, I went straight into uni, did my degrees, came out, and I was, um, I've been in relationships all my life since the age of 15. And one of these particular relationships, which was a long-term relationship, who I was engaged to actually, um, it ended and it was quite a toxic, um, emotionally abusive relationship as well, I have to say. And so I was kind of going through like, I like to call it a, a divorce, even though it wasn't technically a divorce, we were basically married in every other way, right? So our, our wedding was booked in. We shared properties, we shared bank accounts, we lived together, our families were integrated, you know, the whole work sort of thing. And it was a drawn out process for two years. And when things finally ended with him, I was like, it really spun me into my quarter life crisis because I always envisioned myself being that woman who would be like, you know, married young with multiple kids before 30, the white picket fence, you know, the whole works with the dog, the cat, you know, and such and so forth. And when that blew up in my face, I was literally, I was left in pieces. I was basically a former shell, a former um, shell of, I'm oh, sorry, a shell of my former self is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I was completely lost in every area. Like I'd gotten my degrees and I was working full time as a shift worker and I was actually quite miserable, to be honest with you the image that I had in my head compared to my reality just didn't line up. And I was wondering what the hell I've done everything right. How can I be so unfulfilled in my life right now? And, you know, and I just felt like I had nothing. I know it sounds bizarre, but I just felt like, you know, my, my dreams and my plans were blown to smithereens. The man that I loved, you know, it's a long story, but let's just say that he was wearing a mask and wasn't really the man that I thought that he was and all this sort of stuff. And then the wedding didn't happen. And then my vision of having the kids didn't happen and all this sort of stuff. And so I was in a really broken place. And 
it was about six months that I was single at this point and I decided, you know what, I'm not going to miss out on Valentine's Day. I'm going to have a Galentine's Day party. And I just decided to have about 10 of my girlfriends around to my house, which I built with my ex, by the way. <laughs> and we had such a blast. And I invited a girlfriend from my uni who, was, who started this business, right? She was selling this long-lasting liquid lipstick and it wasn't supposed to smudge or budge or come off or anything like that on your wine glass or when you ate or whatever. And I thought, oh, it'll be cool if she comes around and entertains us for like an hour. Wasn't really planning on buying anything, just wanted to have a fun time and um, that sort of stuff with my girlfriends, drinking Moscato, having, you know, chocolate and strawberries and all the rest of it. And she came over and all my girlfriends and I fell in love with the product and I wasn't convinced that it did stay on for very long. So I slept in it that night and the next morning I woke up and there wasn't even an inkling of anything on my pillow. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. Okay. And I had known at that point of time that I really wanted to kind of sink my teeth into something. I needed a distraction. I needed something positive to build towards because I just felt like I wasn't moving towards anything in life. Um, in my mid to late twenties. And I was just kind of like, let's just, let's just see what happens here. And so I signed up with her um, and the company was called Senegence International and it was a network marketing company, kind of like Tupperware, but for skincare and makeup. And, um, and the products were phenomenal. And that was the very first time I ever launched a business. And it was probably one of the biggest personal development journeys I ever went on. And I did a lot of healing and recovery when I signed up to that company. And it gave me a new sense of purpose. It helped me feel like I belonged somewhere again. Um, there was like a real sisterhood, you know, involved in this company that I absolutely loved. And it was funny because even though I was doing markets and parties and selling online and all this sort of stuff, learning all these things, it was really like, I have to say, it was really the personal development trainings that I fell in love with the most. And over time, I kind of realized that's where I'm more drawn to. So less about the products and, and selling these things and all that stuff. It was more about the personal development journey. It started to help me heal and recover myself. And then through this company, I was following what we like to call one of the crown princesses in quotation marks, which is the highest ranking of the company. And they've got like a million dollar team underneath them and all this sort of stuff. And I was watching her Instagram stories and she had a photo of this like book called Girl Code by Cara L. Waleba. And I was like, oh, who's that? That looks great. Because I was, you know, once again, I was working full time shift work and I needed some time. Like I wanted to spend the time in my car, you know, bettering myself basically. So like learning from other people. And so I, I bought the audio book and I started listening to this girl called Cara. And then I found out she had a podcast and then in her title, she said she was a life coach. And it was really interesting because she was like this glamorous, empowered, blonde bombshell from America. And I was like, holy crap, who's this woman? Do you know what I mean? And looked into her. And when I had the word life coach, it took me back to high school because I don't know why, but back then, like here in Australia, you could actually do psychology in year, I think it was 11 and year 12 in Melbourne. And I absolutely fell in love with it. But for some reason, I didn't pursue that. Instead, I pursued the nursing and midwifery pathway. And um, it took me back to that. And I was like, oh, what is a life coach again? And so I started looking up what it was. And I started Googling incessantly. And this particular day was a day that I was supposed to be going to a local first aid course for my job outside of the hospitals, my first um, job as an occupational health nurse in a private system. And I was like counting down the time to our morning tea break so I could call this place called the Life Coaching College to inquire about how I could become a life coach. What is it? You know, blah, 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 blah. Because I'd read all this sort of stuff and I was just feeling more and more passionate about it. Anyway, 
So I did that and long story short, I went to their welcome day in Sydney and from that day onwards, I signed up and I was sold. I felt like I had found my thing. And at this point in time, I was still going through that legal battle with my ex-fiance and I wasn't quite ready to pick a niche yet. I was just studying, doing the trainings, that sort of stuff. Um, and then when things did finally end with him legally and in every other way, fantastically, it was like a thunderbolt had hit me. And I was like, holy crap, I'm meant to be helping other women through this, right? Because I had reached over those two years a, a level of recovery and healing that I felt more like my new self and I had rebuilt my life and my sense of identity and I felt really whole and complete and I felt super confident and empowered and I had all these new skills and knowledge and I had a business and it was just like great, like I had a team and downlines and I went to their amazing conference in Queensland where it was just like it blew my mind. It was like next level living for me. And, um, yeah, and so I discovered life coaching. And then for the last year, so back in January 2019, I hired my business coach. I started my podcast in December 2018, and I just totally went for it. I went totally all in and, yeah, attracted all these beautiful women that were either in marriages and relationships that they knew they needed to leave because the abuse was just too much. Um, and I'm talking about all kinds of abuse, so like financial, social um, emotional, you know, all this sort of stuff. I didn't deal so much with the women that had been physically abused or sexually abused, but there was some sexual abuse that popped up with my clients um, and I was able to lead them and help them make shifts and do some recovery work. And then I ended up coaching couples and I love that as well. And then launched my first online program and all this wonderful stuff was happening. And as I said, it wasn't until November that I was like, even though I really love this and I'm so passionate about it, I still have this underlying feeling and this calling to become a business coach and now that's what I'm doing <laughs> like I've literally I'm still in the mid in the I'm still in the midst of pivoting um and figuring all of that out but it feels really really good so yeah that's the basic little overrun of how I got here <laughs> such a beautiful story and what keeps standing out to me is everything was just a step in your process like every moment every significance that took place that uh, caught your attention and you uh, grab, grabbed hold of each of those and just started to pay attention and sought a little bit more information about it and just led from one thing to another. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to describe it. Like I was really in a place where I was honestly in such a bad place that I was like, I used, I grew up religious. And then, you know, when I got with my ex, I wasn't religious anymore and I wasn't spiritual or anything. And it got to a point where I was just like begging anything and everything that was out there to show me the way. I was like, Buddha, God, Jesus, you know, anything, energy, mother nature, mother Teresa, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. like just give me a sign. Mm -hmm. I'm lost. I want to be led. You know, what am I meant to do with my life now? You know, blah, 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 blah. Like that's pretty much where I was at. And, you know, in hindsight, looking back on all that, it definitely was a stepping stone from one thing to the other. And the beautiful thing about that is like, it was all fulfilling in its own way for that version of me. And it really helped me feel like I was making a difference. And by not focusing so much on my own suffering and focusing on helping other people, um, with their stuff, you know, even like, you know, selling someone the right product for them or um, having a party for someone that was a bit lonely and wanted to have people over to their house. Like those sort of things really made the whole experience so much more fulfilling. And then feeling connected to something greater than myself and what was going on in my own life definitely helped pull me out of that sooner rather than later. Right, right. I think it's such a beautiful, beautiful story. Um, thank you for sharing all of that because it, it is going to tie into all of my other questions <laughs> here that I'm going to ask you. Um, and uh, so interesting, uh, your focus and 
those individuals that you've helped in, you know, with narcissism or emotional abuse or, you know, all those different types of forms of abuse that, that people can experience. Um, because my coaching at the Heroic Soul is geared towards emotional abuse in particular and empowering individuals to break free and reclaim their life. And that may include, you know, something similar to what you've experienced is discovering that there is a path for you and um, paying attention and seeking more information and then guiding you to what it is you really want to be doing. And what I have found in my work is that people are often held back by their past experiences and they struggle moving forward. They struggle leaving an unhealthy job or seeking another job or even struggle to start their own business. So I love mm -hmm. the pivot that you are making and, and I want to talk a little bit more about that. So to help our listeners better understand how being a victim of abuse and business go together, can you tell us the correlation? Yeah, absolutely. So firstly, for me, I don't even like the word victim. So mm -hmm. I never identified mm -hmm. myself as being a victim, even though I really was. <laughs> right, right. I, um, yeah, like I never wanted to feel like I already felt powerless enough as it was, right? Like I still had a glimmer of hope, but I didn't want to label myself as being I just, I already felt, you know, somewhat powerless. I already felt downtrodden. I already felt like the underdog and then calling myself a victim. I just, I just, it felt icky to me. I just didn't want to be that person because I knew that I didn't want to be feeling like I was forever. I wanted to find a way out of it. I wanted to take back my power. I wanted to feel empowered again. I wanted to step into my power. I wanted to have a voice. Um, I wanted to stop people pleasing my way through life and relationships and all this sort of stuff. So what I find is, is like when we have been more on the codependent side of the scale, so there's actually a scale by a psychiatrist called Ross Rosenberg, and it's called the continuum of self theory. And he talks about how the general population either sit on one side or the other. So they're either more on the codependent trait side or they're more on the narcissistic trait side. So mm -hmm. someone that's narcissistic is very good at taking Mm. And then someone that's codependent is very good at giving. So it's kind of like a lock and right. key scenario. But there's different levels to that where it gets like, you know, healthy and functional to completely dysfunctional and completely unhealthy. And so for me, as more of the codependent sort of personality, I was definitely on the lower end of the of the scale, you know, like literally having no boundaries, not able to say no, people pleasing my way through life, you know, all that sort of stuff, right? And so for me, it was about, okay, cool. So if I want to start a business, like, if you're starting a business and you are the product, right, you know, you've got to be aware of that because your traits are going to pop up in some capacity. So even if you're selling a product or you're selling a service, it's like if you're running that stuff, you need to be really aware of self-mastery. Mm. So for me, when I had customers that came back and, you know, wanted, like, for example, I ran a market at a breast cancer fundraiser one time and you know, the champagne was flowing. There was pink flowers everywhere. It was absolutely gorgeous, very decadent. It was just very chic and elegant, beautiful. But towards the end of the end of that day, it got very sloshy. People had too much to drink. You know, they were spending money willy nilly. And I did really well at that market, but ethically I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, should I even be selling to these people? Like maybe I should be packing up my stall, you know? And I had one woman who was definitely intoxicated and I was actually hesitant to sell to her, but she was like hell bent on buying like five lipsticks. And so, you know, I sold to her, but I was quite willing for her to, you know, she came back the next day and wanted a refund. Like I was fully prepared for that because she wasn't in her right mind while she was purchasing really. Um, anyway, so what happened was, is that she lost her lipsticks. She lost all of them. And the next day she tried to come back and get me to give her another five. 
And I just had to politely say, you know, I'm really sorry, but I can't do that. If you had lipsticks that you wanted to swap over, I could absolutely do that. But the old me would have just given her another five and then I would have been massively out of pocket. So it was about learning to have boundaries and talking about that sort of stuff. And from that market onwards, I decided I was no longer going to sell to anybody that had had a drop of alcohol, basically, and was even a little bit tipsy because it was just going to cause way too much rework. Um, And I didn't want to be that sort of, I guess, business that worked that way. So it's really about sticking, like stepping from powerlessness into powerful, having boundaries, having a voice. And, you know, I've worked with some women who still struggle with that now, you know, and they have their own businesses or they're wanting to start their own businesses. And in fact, I seem to attract a lot of codependent women, um, you know, especially since because of my background, because I've worked with, you know, women and couples and stuff like that, that are wanting to level up. But I find that through my marketing online, I attract a lot of the codependent women. And so these issues keep re surfacing the whole self-worth thing Mm. the whole confidence thing you know and the rebuilding parts of their lives and the self-trust and all this sort of stuff and believing in themselves always pops up (laughs) so in terms of how a victim of abuse and business go together it can go together whether you're like a, a, a victim quote unquote of abuse or even if you're the perpetrator of abuse because we know a lot of successful business people are very narcissistic they're willing to step over other people to climb up the ladder and get higher right Right. Yeah. Um, We all have been there. We all have had a boss or a colleague or a team leader or someone like that who's been very take, 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 like to exert their superiority over other people, make them feel like crap, you know, that sort of stuff. And I just want you ladies and men that are listening to this, if you identify as being more on the codependent side of the scale, you can still be hugely successful. It's not just narcissistic people with traits that are successful in business. I really, really appreciate everything that you just shared because um, so many things, the self-mastery stood out to me, self-worth. It's really interesting to me because those who are more codependent, um, who are on the other end of that spectrum, are so helpful, right? And I think that there are so many individuals, you know, like ourselves, uh, myself included, and yourself, and so many people who have the qualities of being super successful in business, but our giving can sometimes, it it can hinder us. And so I find and found that the boundaries are really, really important, especially for those who have experienced emotional abuse or or abuse uh, in in any form to do that self-work so that you can have that self-worth, so you can have that confidence and that mastery so that you can have a successful business and really live your life uh, to its fullest and, and uh, seek those dreams that you've always dreamed of, right? And not let those individuals who are on the other end, who are more narcissistic and take and, you know, just walk all over everybody, uh, that you do not allow that sort of uh, stuff in and have any sort of influence on whether or not you're going to be successful. Yeah, 100%. And the thing is, is like, you know, our giving nature can be our weakness and our strength. So, you know, for me, and depending on where you sit on, like what level of codependency, like if you're down the bottom, like a level four to five, the problem is that you're giving so much that it's actually to your detriment. And then you end up resenting that person a little bit later when it's actually not the other person's fault. Mm -hmm. It was your responsibility to moderate how much you give, right? And you can overinvest so quickly and so early 
and as I said, regret it later. So it's about, you know, realizing, you know, more about yourself, your personality, your strengths and weaknesses, but also then moderating how much of that you give out. So even though I'm always going to be on the codependent side, I have, you know, worked on myself that I actually know when I'm overgiving, when I'm overinvesting, when I, you know, have to rein things in a little bit and be very aware of my behavior and my thought patterns. And so when you can do that, that's great because no one wants to get you know, no one wants to have a business where they're constantly catering to the customer and the client all the time and then they're totally worn out, right? So like even as life coaches, there's a sense of where we're constantly, we're giving to the other people, like it's this thing that's greater than ourselves. But if you give too much, you can actually empty your cup and then your self-care is like falls by the wayside. And if you're not looking after yourself, then there's no business, right? So it's kind of thinking bigger picture as well and going, okay, cool. So if I don't do that, what's going to happen? What's going to be the consequence? How is this going to affect things outside of me and my business and my family and my relationships and my finances? Like there's a huge flow on effect, you know, like even if, even that woman that I wasn't even planning to talk about, the woman from the Breast Cancer cancer Foundation, I should have had better boundaries, right? That was a, a, a lesson that I learned from that situation and I should have said no to her. I should have been like, you know what, here's my business card. You know, if you're still interested, give me a call tomorrow. I can come to your house. We can set something else up. But instead I didn't know what to do. And I was like, well, I'll just give her what she wants because that was my nature. But instead it actually bit us both in the bum. Right. Yes. So, so helpful for people to, to learn and understand that there are steps in getting yourself prepared to have that business and do those things that you've always imagined yourself doing. And a lot of that is that self-work kind of mm. seems like to be the, you know, the first step in setting those boundaries and having those sorts of um, not really contracts, but just how you position your, what it is that you are selling or what it is that you're giving with people right off the bat at the beginning. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pre-framing uh, it. For yeah, sure. that's right. That's right. Um, I want to dive into uh, finding your your passion and um, helping people discover what their passion in life is. So if somebody has been in an abusive relationship, whether it be through emotional abuse or narcissism or codependency, whatever that may look like, how do they find their drive or their passion in life? Ooh, this is such a juicy question. (laughs) I love it. Um, So, okay, let me paint a picture. So if someone's been at the mercy of abuse and has been mistreated and, as I said, downtrodden and all this sort of stuff, what has tended to happen if they're especially more on the codependent side of stuff, they have spent a lot of their time and energy focusing on that narcissistic partner or that narcissistic person and making them happy and figuring out what it's going to take to, you know, make them happy, right? So they can have a better relationship, blah, 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 blah. And they've actually forgotten about themselves. So it's very normal when there's been a breakdown of a relationship that they're standing there and they're like, okay, so who am I? What do I even like? What can I do on my own? You know, like there's like a whole new rebirth and a spiritual transformation that happens here. And so one of the beautiful things about coming out of these sort of relationships is that you get to kind of like rediscover who you are all over again and even rebuild who it is that you want to be. So envisioning like whether it's Rachel listening to this, Megan, Julia, Sophie, whatever, whoever it is that's listening to this, I want you to think about what your higher version, like the highest version of yourself looks like. You know, what's the, how are you, how could you be living your best life? What is that version of you? How does she live? Like, what does she wear? What does she look like? How does she behave? How does she present herself at work or at home or in a future relationship and getting really clear on, you know, who that person is. And then basically 
being and doing so you can have what that person has. So, for example, embodying that next version of Heather, for example, doing the things that that higher version of, Le of Heather would be doing. And then you can actually have what that higher version of Heather has. So, for example, for me, I was sitting there and I was like, okay, what do I really want out of life? What am I even passionate about? What are my hobbies? What am I interested in? And the answer at the time was really nothing because I had no idea. <laughs> I was just mm -hmm. kind of like, I got no clue. I'm starting from scratch again. You know, and there was all of this like, you know, self-discovery work that was going on. And it actually took me a bit of time to figure it out. So I purely just like, for me, I'm very much a type A sort of person. I've always had a plan all my life. And then, you know, I reached this point where I couldn't have a plan. I didn't know what was going on. So I literally had to just surrender to the experience and then test the waters. So through trial and error, trying different things. I remember I went to a belly dancing class. I went to a pole dancing class. You know, I went to this place and that place and it was fine. Like it might've looked like I was all over the place, but at least I was figuring out what I actually liked and paying attention to that rather than, you know, if I was with my ex at the time, I would have been thinking about whether he liked it, but it's like, mm. well, what about me? Did I like it? You know, what about my precious time on this earth? Why am I living for him? It's kind of going, Hmm, what is Olivia passionate about? And it was literally through data collection research and yeah, giving myself new experiences that I, that I was able to figure that out. But if you're someone who has done those things and just isn't any closer, what I recommend doing, and this is something that my coach did when she was trying to figure out what kind of niche she wanted to go into for her business and monetize her passion, her coach said to her, why don't you jump onto Amazon and just scroll through all the different types of books that there are online and write down the ones and don't think about it too much, just write down the ones that you're attracted to. And so she did that. She came up with a list of like 20 or something. She went away and she's like, okay, what are these books all got in common? You know, and it turns out they were all personal development sort of books. And they happened to be about love, dating and relationships and marriage and stuff like that. And then that's when she turned into a relationship coach. And so that was how that, I guess, that idea was birthed. So I think what really needs to happen is, you know, one thing that I used to do and I still do it now actually is I'd get a beautiful notepad out, a pretty, you know, pen, glass of wine or a nice gorgeous cup of tea and a beautiful uplifting mug, light a candle, play some music and I would just sit there and write out all the things that light me up, all the things that made me happy, all the things that I enjoyed and it could have been as simple as just literally going to gold class at the movies and ordering a cocktail or something like that. And once I could actually get out everything that this version of Olivia liked and enjoyed, then I could start to see it visually and piece together. Okay, cool. So there's this, there's that, there's essential oils are awesome. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. once you can kind of lay it out in front of you, you can actually, it helps you give you more of a sense of who you are as well. Cause you're like, wow, this version of me actually likes all these things, you know, and you explore and you give yourself the permission to really go to town um, and that's kind of a good place to start, I would say. I love that. Focusing on the positivity and what makes you happy. And actually like seeing it written down gives you perspective <laughs> into who it is you are. Yeah, I think so. And then you can go and do more of that, right? Because when we're in a higher vibrational state, we make better decisions. We have a better quality of life. We have better friendships and relationships. We perform better at our jobs. It has this massive energetic flow on effect. And so if you can, like, I, I truly think it's our responsibility to make ourselves happy in this life. And if we're happier, then we're going to be better. And so we're able to give more. That ties into my belief in just loving yourself and that self-acceptance and all of those things. It just has this major compound effect that mm. is just, just bigger uh, results, I guess, that we may not see right away, right when we're in it, but it eventually 
um, does something really beautiful that we may not even see right at the moment yeah. when we're doing it, when we're sitting down you know, with our notebook and writing all of those things. Um, 100%. When it comes to finding, once somebody has found their passion, um, they want to be able to use that passion to their advantage, you know, starting their business or whatever it is that they want to do. What does all of this have to do with creating a more fulfilling life? Ooh, that's also a great question. <laughs> so I think once you kind of figure out what your passion is, and you're probably someone like me where you've got multiple passions and you're like, oh, which one do I pursue, you know? Mm-hmm. What I would be looking at is, because I'm definitely a multi-passionate person now, I would never have said this three, four years ago. I, I didn't even know what my passion was, you know, and here I am thinking, I've got so many. I've got the shiny object syndrome. Which one do I actually you know, act on or monetize or grow and all that sort of stuff. And you know what? I had to ask myself, what is the thing that I'm obsessed with? What's the thing that I could talk about for hours? What's the thing that lights me up the most? And so once I kind of had my list, I narrowed it down even more. And then I started looking for evidence outside of myself. So I was like, okay, cool. So I want to talk about narcissism. I want to help people get over these sort of relationships so they can, you know, step into more of themselves and recreate their lives and blah, 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 blah. How do I do that? Okay, cool. Life coaching. Awesome. What kind of skills do I need? And so then I kind of like reverse engineered it from there. And then I was like, what's my next, what's my very next step? You know, because once you've got this big vision, it can be really overwhelming. You're like, where do I even start? You know, like if you wanted to be a writer of like a series of novels, it's like, crap, where do I even start with that? Do you know what I mean? It's like, you've got to start nutting it down and going, what's the very next step, you know, from this point on? Do you want to self-publish? Do you want to go to a editor? Like there's all these things to consider. And so that's when you've got to call upon the highest version of you, I think, and really getting honest with yourself. And so if you're wanting to monetize a passion, as I said, I'd be looking for evidence outside of myself. So for me, I started looking at other people that were already doing it and were already making money from it or making a living from it. Um, But more importantly than the money side of things, I was just kind of like, is this something that's sustainable that I know I could do forever? And at the time, I literally thought I could talk about narcissistic relationships and codependency forever. And I still believe that I can, but just in a different context now, right? So it's kind of come into play in a business coaching workplace, you know, culture sort of way. Um, It all ties in and all overlaps when we think about the different components of our lives but the focus is a little bit different. And so, yeah, I think once you find what that is, and it may not just be one thing, I think it's you're a step closer. So just appreciating and being grateful that you even have that. Do you know what I mean? That's more than probably what I'd say is like 70, 80% of the population. Most people, you know, as a kid, we're told we can do anything and be anything we want to be. But then as an adult, we feel like there's so many restrictions and limitations and we've got our own fears and limiting beliefs that pop up that get in our way. And then we just think, oh, that's not even possible or it doesn't pay the bills right now. So it's not worth doing. Yeah. So I think it really is everyone's responsibility to find what fulfills them because one of my greatest fears was getting to the end of my life and the the average lifespan is about 82 years now. Um, getting to the end of that and going, did I do the things that I wanted to do that would allow me to live my most fulfilled, best life possible? Or was I just doing what I was expected to do? You know, stay in a full-time job, pay the bills, live Groundhog Day over and over, do what everyone else is doing and not questioning the system. You know, I really wanted to be able to get to the end of my life and go, crap, yeah, I did everything I possibly could to live it up. You know, like I, I took the risks that I needed to take and, you know, I filtered my time and energy and poured myself into something that I loved, you know, like that for me was a big drive. So moving away from pain and moving towards pleasure, I feel like that's a really big 
you know, drive for humans in general. Um, because no one really wants to be in pain, right? Everyone wants to live the life. And when you have social media showing you the highlight reel, comparisonitis comes into play. And that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of times that pain sort of validates for people what it is that they experience. But it's so interesting, the space that we will stay in when it comes to that pain or whatever we've experienced when we've been mistreated or uh, you know, taking advantage of or whatever it is, but getting yourself out of that headspace. And like you said, being honest with yourself and calling on a higher self so you can focus on the the bigger dream, your purpose and your passion, what it is you really want to be doing. So beautiful. I love every single one of your answers. <laughs> I'm just like, as you were talking, I was just taking myself back to like the old version of me. And I think another thing is like people that have come out of abusive, abusive relationships, they've been told and treated for all this time that they can't do stuff. Right. And so, you know, if you're out of that relationship and you're listening to this, you don't have that person telling you that you can or can't do something anymore. This is your life. Now you get to decide what you do with it. You know, you don't have to get permission from them. You don't have to seek approval. You know, you don't have to have your behavior conditioned to the way that they've trained you to be anymore. You, the world is your oyster now. You literally get to start fresh, like a clean slate, new chapter, you know, new phase of your life. And so when you give yourself that permission, it feels like anything's possible. And that is such a expansive feeling. Mm, Yes. It it made me think about just even when you are in a healthy relationship, right? Like each individual in that relationship, giving themselves the permission and not having that control over one another, you know, that is really going to be the beautiful uh, relationship that you want um, and, and are seeking. And so if you can start doing that with yourself And then whatever person you might bring in, I know we're kind of going towards relationship now, but whatever, if you bring somebody into it, you know, if, if you are giving yourself permission to do what it is you want to do, hopefully that other person will respect that and, uh, and and treat you well for you being who it is you are and you honoring yourself. hundred percent. And I'll actually share something with the listeners at the moment, which I think they'll find really helpful because well, at the end of the day, like whether we're talking about relationships or not, business is all about humans, whether we want to believe that or not. You know, whether we're selling to customers, it's actually all about the customer. Whether we're selling our services as a coach to a client, it's about our relationship with a client and nurturing that and developing a rapport and all this sort of stuff. But if we're bringing it back to a romantic capacity and we're wanting to start a business, but we feel like our partner may not approve or we feel like we've got to kind of get them on board and all this sort of stuff, there's actually a thing called the pendulum. So, you know, those big old clocks where the pendulum would swing from one side Mm -hmm. to the other. So I want you to kind of visualize this. So on one side, you've got codependency, which is where you're totally basically reliant on that other person, right? So you're very dependent, but it's called codependency. And then if you swing the pendulum all the way to the other side, that's called independence. And that's kind of like where it's like, I don't need no man, like that sort of attitude, which is like empowering, but it's also not very helpful for your future love life, right? Everyone goes through it when they go through a breakup, but you don't necessarily want to stay in that space either because that can be also toxic right? The toxic femininity and the whole like, I don't need anyone. I don't need love when it's like actually a basic human need. So we're just denying ourselves, right? So being codependent or independent are both not places you want to be long-term. Where you want to be is actually in the middle of those. So when the pendulum's not swinging, that's called interdependence. So it's where you've got a healthy amount of codependence and a healthy amount of independence. And that's where functional, healthy relationships sit. So 
if you are in a healthy functional relationship, that partner should be wanting to support you to become the best version of yourself. They might have a few questions about how it will all work, but at the end of the day, they're not going to stand in your way and hold you back. They're going to be like, hey, babe, I know you're passionate about this. I'm kind of struggling to figure out how this is going to play out in our lives together. Um, can you enlighten me a little bit? And then you can have a discussion around it rather than them going, I don't want you doing this. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. It's taking away from our children, blah, 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 blah. But it's also not like, well, screw you for making this decision without me, you know, or I'm going to do it anyway. Like it's none of that sort of stuff. And it's more about working together as a team knowing who it is that you are and having those individuals who will support you and what it is you're trying to do and working together. If it means a more intimate relationship or a closer relationship with somebody, uh, Mm. figuring out how to, to make everything work for one another. So, but most importantly, you and you finding your passion. Um, yeah. Where can people find your work, Olivia? Well, as you guys know, I'm going through a rebrand at the moment. So everything's changing at the moment. But um, Instagram at the moment is currently called Olivia Powell Coaching with no spaces in between the words, just Olivia, O-L-I-V-I-A, Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L, Coaching. That's my Instagram handle. I don't think that'll be changing, though. I think I'm going to keep that the same. Um, my Facebook group has got over a thousand women in it and I've recently changed it from overcoming narcissistic relationships with Olivia, which is really long by the way, to slaying your side hustle. Cause that's where I'm going to be focusing my energy now is helping people start their own businesses, launch them, monetize them, have consistent income on the side of their day jobs and actually reduce their hours. Because I feel like there's like this big gap between like starting a business and then expecting to be a six figure coach or starting a business and being an overnight success. And that's not the case for the majority of the population. It takes time to build these things up like anything good in life. Right. And then on my podcast, so that'll be changing again, but at the moment it currently stands at overcoming narcissistic relationships with Olivia. That is so wonderful. Thank you so much for being on my show today, Olivia, your insights and perspectives have been really valuable at helping people better understand how to find their passion and how that ties in with business and how their experiences can affect whether they're living a more fulfilled life. Well, thank you so much for having me. Like I love talking about this sort of stuff. It totally lights me up. And, you know, it was, I, I, the reason why I do this sort of thing is because I remember sitting, you know, my old self sitting in the car on the way to a job that I was absolutely hating and miserable. And if I can help someone that's in a similar sort of situation, then that is really like fulfilling for me. So thank you so much for having me on this episode and um, having such awesome questions to answer. (laughs) You are welcome. Thank you. And I will look forward to talking with you soon and hopefully have you on again. (laughs) I'd love that. Thank you. For more information about client openings, my products and services, you can visit theheroicsoul.com. Now is the time for you to break free and reclaim your life to becoming your own hero and living the life God has entrusted you to live.